Welcome back to the Facts About PACs podcast, brought to you by NABPAC, the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. I am your host, Michaela Isler, NABPAC's Executive Director. The traveling political circus that is the 116th Congress has hit the road once again with their next big top show date scheduled for mid-September. You got that right, Michaela. The United States Congress, both houses, gone home. Some people say it's vacation. Some people will say it's working in the district. I will say it is a job not completed. There is eviction moratoriums that greatly impact many American renters, and we've talked about that on this podcast with Multifamily Housing Council PAC Director Kevin Cameron. We've addressed a lot of these issues, including nonprofits of all types who were not allowed the lifeline through the CARES Act that so many benefited from. And as that comes to a close, another big issue that remains unfinished as we go to September, Abigail. I just think it's so interesting that the two parties decided that there was no potential for them to come together. So instead of working on it, they took their toys and went home. And it's so unfortunate because this development or perhaps lack of a development further delays the critically needed relief. But the issue of expanding the PPP continues to hold bipartisan support from both chambers. But there were some major sticking points that ultimately shut down the negotiations, whether it's how much to give to state and local governments, how much weekly unemployment benefits should be there, and how much to appropriate for the U.S. Postal Service, among so many other issues. The sprint to the finish in the 2020 election cycle and what PACs can accomplish in the next 80 days coming up. But first, Adam, roll that beautiful bean footage. The Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. In every episode, we recap this week's NABPAC activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community. Well, y'all, we have witnessed history this week with the selection of Kamala Harris to be Joe Biden's running mate on the Democratic ticket, the first woman of color to be so honored, and a significant step forward for women in politics. We've been talking about women in politics a lot on this show this year, especially with Abigail Cave working on Cynthia Lummis's campaign for the United States Senate in Wyoming, and with Kamala Harris, the only woman of color serving in the United States Senate to be on this Democratic ticket. It has raised women way up, and that is a good thing for all of America, regardless of your politics, Abigail. Absolutely. It's a good year for women in politics on both the Republican and the Democratic side. I'm working for a woman who is posed to be the first female senator from Wyoming, which will be a really exciting honor to celebrate with her, hopefully come November. We're days away from our primary, and we are just sprinting towards the end, hopefully to get a, a, great, a great female into office in Wyoming. Giddy up. Giddy up is right. And I think back to our interview with Julie Conway from ViewPack when she talked about the record number of women running for Congress this year and had been able to work their way through their primaries. And so I think we're looking forward to a new Congress with more female leadership. That's a good thing. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And we, as, as you just mentioned, uh, have tried to touch on these issues on Facts About PACs, the number one PAC podcast in America across our episodes in the last month. But the other thing that we've talked about, and John Mason from Altria, who is a leader at NABPAC and also a leader on our diversity and inclusion task force, we've talked about issues of social justice and the role that corporate America can play in 
making sure that people are treated fairly and that as they engage in employee-funded PACs, that folks can work in a bipartisan way on issues that are pertinent to communities. Rural broadband is a huge issue out here. There are places in Wyoming where the only option for internet access is satellite internet, which is hugely expensive and slow, so slow. Like we couldn't be having this conversation on that kind of internet right now, the way we're having it. It's essential in this time of COVID where everybody's moving home and moving to virtual interactions that we have a methods for people to reliably access the internet. And I can tell you from our campaign, we have done close to everything on a virtual platform just due to the fact that it's not safe for us to be going door to door. It's not safe for us to be gathering in large groups. So it's just essential that we deploy rural broadband and that'll definitely be something that I hope we hear more about in this next Congress. Those are all excellent points, Abigail, especially when we understand that technology is filling the breach right now. The Democratic Convention is now underway, and it is certainly a testament to innovation and practicality, Adam. It absolutely is. Being able to carry forward is never easy. There are always obstacles. This year in the presidential campaign world, everything is an obstacle. You can't knock on doors. You can't have rallies. The ability to send in a check is uh, stopped by the fact that nobody's in the office to pick it up. And we've tackled all of those things on this podcast before. But when I look at the Democratic convention and the Republican convention that's about to follow it, I think that it shows that we are resilient, that we are are able to hit roadblocks and to overcome. And that's exactly what the PAC community has been doing for years. We're looking at a lot of opposition to employee-funded PACs on absolutely unfair and in some cases bogus reasons where people have misconceptions about what employee-funded PACs represent. And yet, here we are with the help of technology, nominating uh, a woman of color for the first time, seeing a Democratic convention and then a Republican convention come together digitally. I give us as Americans and as people in the PAC community every reason to show that we can be excited, that we can still meet the goals that we set out to achieve, and we do it in ways that are available to us. And, and, and that's what NABPAC's trying to model. That's exactly what Chairman Trainer was saying he's trying to help support, Michaela. Yes. And, you know, I was actually just with Phone to Action on a uh, webinar this week talking about the use of digital tools in this environment. And just across the board, it has been record engagement. Our members have seen it, whether they're lobbying on the COVID relief, whether they are trying to keep their PAC eligibles engaged, even if they can't solicit them. And honestly, even Abigail, we're seeing that they've gotten creative in how they're utilizing technology to solicit those employees right now. Yeah, absolutely. I love the ingenuity that we get to see in uh, this community that we're a part of. And I think it's going to be really exciting to see how our members can wrap that up into a package and submit it for our Trailblazer Awards coming up this fall. Oh, that's a really good point, Abigail. I'm especially thinking when I hear you say that of Kip Maloney of NFIB last week telling us that even though they have achieved a great deal and they had a great foundation, he was honest, Michaela, they were not ready. They were not ready for an all virtual play. And yet they leveraged the Microsoft Teams platform that was already in place. They've learned how to use it. And since they were always guided by their members' priorities, they were already very much in touch with the people that they served. And that's something that a lot of us in the PAC community are even trying to do better now. Absolutely. And I, I would say if an NFIB weren't alone in that, I don't know that any of us were truly prepared 
to go all virtual and that includes NAPAC. We were a very in-person heavy organization, uh, heavy on the networking side in person. And, you know, Abigail, in a matter of literally three days, we kicked off a virtual roundtable and we never looked back. Just the amount of content we've been able to push out for the benefit of our members in a virtual world as we were learning how to do it, it's astonished me, not to brag on ourselves. We are first and foremost a membership organization. Our podcast was developed to service the PAC community, specifically the members of NABPAC. And every week by talking to those members and our lead regulator, we're beginning to open a dialogue and get people more connected and to answer questions and push back on myths. We did, as you mentioned, the crisis survey. We ended up doing three of those over the course of just a matter of two and a half months. And the information that we gleaned from the survey results really did help us build out our content and focus in on, I've said over and over, we don't want to just push content to push content. It has to be value add. And so we really were able to not only utilize those crisis surveys, but also paying attention to the questions that our members were asking on the PAC help hotline, With the legal hotline, you could see the direction that many of the members were going in and trying to, in themselves, pivot and figure out next steps. And so we were able to very quickly move to programming and content that helped them overcome some really dark and difficult days. Absolutely. And I think it's more important than ever that we are talking to our memberships about how important it is to get out there and vote and how important it is to vote safely, whether that is vote by mail or whether that's safely going to the polls and voting. Hashtag fact. Thanks as always to you, our listeners for making us the number one pack podcast in America. Enjoy the rest of your summer. Stay safe, stay engaged and keep moving forward.